Greetings with Jesus Joy. I uh, want to welcome each and every one of you to our Thursday teaching as far as Bible study is concerned. And we are certainly delighted and elated for all of you all who are joining us on this particular platform. We thank God for your presence as far as uh, this moment is concerned. And so uh, I want to, if I could, open up uh, this moment with a word of prayer. And then we want to look at jumping into Galatians chapter three, verses one through nine. Galatians chapter three, verses one through nine. So let's bow our heads for a word of prayer as we sense and seek the master teacher, uh, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, God, our creator. God, we come to you right now. And we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to study your word. For all of those that are joining us, as far as this moment is concerned in this virtual space, we thank you, oh God. We pray that as they come on, that they will be blessed by this sharing. We want to edify you. Uh, so Lord, if you would open the hearts and minds of your people that will hear this lesson. Uh, give us the spirit to apply this to our lives so that we can be better disciples for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Galatians chapter three, verses one through nine. Uh, I see many of you all are joining us online and we thank God for you. I see you, Sister Doris and Deborah and Valerie and Rose. Thank you all so much for joining us as well as others that are coming online. We're gonna have us a good time going to have us a good time today. Um, so Galatians chapter three, starting at verse one. And as we work through Galatians chapter three, we're going to be dealing with three things, three things, three things. First of all, we're going to talk about the Galatians experience with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the role of the Jewish law. And we're going to talk about the social boundaries of the Christian community. So we got a lot of stuff that we want to cover as far as our time together is concerned, that hopefully and prayerfully will be a blessing to us as we navigate Galatians chapter three. All right, so let's get started. <clears throat> let's get started. And I'm gonna have you all to highlight um, some things as we work through this. Verse one, old foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. I want you to highlight, old oh, foolish Galatians, and circle the word bewitched. Highlight the words, old oh, foolish Galatians, circle the word bewitched. And then I want you to also highlight Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Highlight that. Verse two, this only I want to learn from you, did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Highlight that question. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? All right. Verse three. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? Highlight verse three. Verse four, have you suffered so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain? Highlight verse four. 
Verse five, therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, that sounds very similar to what we just had you to highlight before. So I want you to highlight, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Highlight that phrase. All right. Verse six, just as Abraham, circle the word Abraham, believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, underline believe God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of a faith are the sons of Abraham. Circle the word faith. Circle the word sons of Abraham. Verse eight, and the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, highlight the phrase justify the Gentiles by faith, circle the word faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you, all the nations shall be blessed. Highlight that phrase, in you, all the nations shall be blessed. Verse nine. So then those who are of faith, circle the word faith, draw a line from the word faith in verse nine to faith in verse eight, draw a line from the word faith in verse eight to the word faith in verse seven. I want y'all to see that, that trajectory. So number nine. So those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. All right. Got a lot of unpacking to do. Got a lot of unpacking to do. So let's look at really what, what Paul is doing uh, in verse three. Now, I imagine if I, I came to, to the St. Paul church and I said these words, some of y'all probably be upset with me, but Paul starts off by calling the Galatians fools. <laughs> oh, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Who has tricked you? that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Oh, foolish Galatians. Paul does not even call them brothers and sisters like he did in, in chapter one, verse 11. He is very impersonal and he is using this rhetoric as a tool of reprimand. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Who has tricked you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? Paul's tone here is dealing with the Galatians. And basically Paul is saying, after all I've taught you, after all I've shared with you, after all I've shown you, how in the world did you get off track from what I taught you as far as doctrine? So really what Paul is saying in this particular context is how is it that you as the Galatians embrace a doctrine which declared the death of Jesus Christ unnecessarily and that is irrational? It's, it's almost like somebody put you under a spell and tricked you because I have taught you 
better than this. So here, here, here's, what, here's what, what, what Paul is saying, because when he reprimands them as being foolish, he's not saying that they're mentally deficient or that they have no sense. But rather he is suggesting that they are intelligent people who are not using their intelligence to understand the truth. In other words, Paul is saying, listen, y'all are smarter than this. And I taught you better than this. And you should not get caught up in what other folks are saying, especially when it comes to the person of Jesus Christ. So Paul has basically said to them, I have taught you better. I've drilled this into you. I've shown how the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ plays a critical role as far as your relationship with God. And you receive this by faith because none of you all have ever seen the crucified and risen Savior. All right. So what has happened is that the Galatians has allowed for these Judaizers to shift them from believing in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for salvation to believing that they must obey Jewish law in order to be saved. All right. And basically we can take what Paul was saying then and apply it to our reality right now. That there are folks who think that in order to be saved, that you uh, got to come to church you got to give tithes and offerings. You got to work in the ministry. You got to read your Bible. You got to do all that stuff. No, that stuff does not save you. Okay. Uh, obeying the law does not save you. Coming to church does not save you. Giving tithes and offerings does not save you. Listen, how many folks we know do all of that stuff, but when you observe their life, when you look at them, you really wonder, hmm, do you really know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of your sins? Okay. You and I, <clears throat> if you don't get anything else, you and I are saved by faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Okay, this is what I want to drive home. Paul is saying, who's tricked you? Who's put a spell on you? Who has bewitched you? Okay, who, who has come in and hypnotized you to make you think that you're not saved? Here's what Paul is really questioning. Paul is questioning not their salvation, but their intelligence. <laughs> Let me say that again. He is questioning not their salvation, but their intelligence to discern truth. All right. When he called them fools, he is questioning their intelligence. Now, Let's 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 talk about this aspect of 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 of, of bewitched because he, he's very 
he's very emphatic with this with this term. Who has bewitched you? Here, 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 is, here is what, what Paul is, is talking about. Um, Deb, clear out that Tyson Smith. Thank you. Here, here, here is what, 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 what Paul is dealing with. Paul was upset with the Judaizers who taught false doctrine, but he was messed up even more by the Galatians who are supposed to be so intelligent, how they were easily fooled by the false doctrine. And guess what? Let's be honest. Paul's critique then is very apparent now. And unfortunately, and particularly in most Christian churches, and I would even dare say in a lot of Baptist churches, since we're Baptists, a lot of us would not be able to stand up against a Jehovah Witness or a Hebrew Israelite if they came and talked to us about what we believe. When believers, many, listen, you got a whole lot of folks that are part of these uh, cults who started out in church, but because they did not understand what they believed, and did not know what they believed got swept up into cults and heretical teachings. All right. So, so when believers are caught up in cults, and let's be honest, let me let me name some Jehovah Witness, cult, Black he Hebrew Israelites cult. And interestingly, when we have people who started out as Christians but they become practicing Muslims. It's because they did not understand what they believe and why they believe what they believe. Okay. Now I, I'm getting ready to drive this home because this is where, and particularly, and I can stay right here for this whole Bible study. This is where we lose a lot of folks, but particularly our younger people. Okay. When believers are quote bewitched, or tricked because they don't understand what they believe, then oftentimes it's because of three things. Okay. Number one, poor leadership. Somebody wasn't teaching what should have been taught and having the expectations that if you're going to roll with us, this is what you need to know. Number two, a lack of, of clear doctrinal teaching, okay? In other words, now, now, you know, and this is one of the things that gets me in today's culture is that there are folks saying, well, I don't want all that doctrine. Well, you gotta know why you believe what you believe. So doctrine is not a bad thing. It is the belief construct of why you are a Christian to, be, to begin with. But the problem is, and unfortunately in the black church, we love to shout, sing, praise, and holler, but we don't want to have no teaching. And we don't want to bring our minds to wrestle with doctrines and concepts. 
The Bible says, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And oftentimes we could do, we could love God with all our heart and we can love God with all our soul and we leave the man in the parking lot. Okay. God has no issues or problems with you thinking. Okay. So what winds up happening is poor leadership, lack of clear doctrinal teaching and not having that expectation. Or number three, Folks just being ignorant. Okay. Because here's, here, here, here is what happens in today's culture. We got too many church folks who ain't nothing more than sitting ducks. They don't have any thought. They don't think. They don't discern. They assume there's intellectual laziness and shallowness when it comes to their spirituality. Sheep are supposed to be alert, watching for danger. But unfortunately, many people wander in ignorance. And that's why that's why Paul said that people will. Will will not adhere to sound doctrine. So even in today's culture. We are being bewitched. We're being tricked. We're being knocked out of kilter. All right, let me let me let me move on because this is getting good. Let's look at verse two. Verse two. This only I want to learn from you. And I should have had y'all to circle that word learn. Watch this. Learn, learn, learn. Paul is assuming there's teaching going on. Learn from you. Did y'all see that? Learn from you. Now, let me really drill down on this and have some fun with this. Learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the workings of the law or by the hearing of faith? Ah. Mm -hmm. Now, again, Paul ain't questioning their salvation. But Paul is Challenging them to consider how did they get saved? Did they get saved because they came to the synagogue and they were doing that in a repetitious manner? Did they get saved because they gave alms? Did they get saved because they spoke in tongues? Or did they get saved by, watch this, hearing the word of God by faith? Right. Paul wants us to understand you and I are not saved by anything we do. The law requires works of human achievement to get right with God. But the gospel requires faith because of God's grace through Jesus Christ. So here is the shout for me. The law says you got to work it out. Faith says you grace it out. You and I are saved not because of human achievement, but because of Jesus's achievement. The law makes demands. The gospel gives promises. The, the law says you got to obey. The law said the gospel says you got to believe. 
the, the, the law says if you don't do ABC, you're not going to get EFG. The gospel says you don't have to do ABC because ABC ain't going to save you anyway. Am I making sense? Okay. So, so I'm really, I'm really trying to, I'm really trying to drive this home because I want you to understand that you and I don't even get the Holy Spirit by works. That comes by hearing the word of God. You and I are not saved by works. You and I are saved by grace. Paul was letting the, the Galatians know, you all got the Holy Spirit. All you got to do is remember how you got it. You didn't get the Holy Spirit by the keeping of the law. You got the Holy Spirit because you heard the word of God being preached and taught to you. All right. Okay. Because here, here, here is what Paul is really trying to drive home when you and I are trying to have religion by human effort rather than relationship by having a life in the spirit. Y'all ready to go deep? Y'all, can I, can I take you deep? Can I take you deep? Here, here, here is religion by human effort, life or relationship with God by having life in the spirit. Because many of us are trying to mature in Christ the wrong way. All right. If you don't get nothing else, I want you to get this. All of our service and good work must flow out of a life of faith and the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't get nothing else, get this. All, all of our ministry, all of our mission, all of our good work, all of our giving, all of our generosity, all of our loving, all of our serving must flow out of a life of faith and the empowering, the enabling power of the Holy Spirit, which means I do ministry, I do mission, I give tithes and offerings, I read my Bible, I serve the Lord, I come to church, I do all that stuff as demonstrative of my faith in God by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't do that stuff to get right with God. I do that stuff because I am right with God because I've been justified by faith. So, so when you look at when you look at human effort versus life in the spirit, religion by human effort versus relationship by life in the spirit, first of all, goals by human effort is we please God by our own good works. Okay? Now I'm I'm, I'm getting ready to really drive this home. We please God by our own good works. Oh, Lord, if I go to church enough, you'll be happy. Oh, Lord, if I pray enough, you'll be happy. Oh, Lord, if I give enough and tithe often, you'll be happy. Oh, Lord, if I, if I uh, 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 serve in the ministry and overwork myself and do all this stuff and work myself to the bone, you'll be happy. No! You don't get right with God by good works. You get right with God when you live a life in the spirit by trusting Jesus and then you live to please God. When you trust in Christ, the Holy Spirit then prompts you 
to do the right thing for God. Okay? When, when you have religion by human effort, the means of religion by human effort is you practice, you're diligent, you serve, you're disciplined, and you obey in the hope of a reward. Oh, God, I'm getting ready to blow some stuff up. In other words, in other words, in other words, I'm serving God because I want my crown. I'm serving God because I want to get a get out of hell free card. I'm, I'm serving God because I want to go to heaven. Or I'm serving God because I want a blessing right now. Lord, uh, shall me bless it. And, 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 you know, we say, some when the praise is good, blessings come out. So do you praise God to get blessings? Even though that ain't nowhere in scripture. So, so that's the means by human effort. But, but relationship, the means of relationship in life of the spirit is you got to confess. You got to submit. And you got to commit yourself to being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so watch this. So when I confess, submit, and commit myself to being controlled by the Holy Spirit, then I am able to be disciplined. And then I am able to obey. I do all of that other stuff because the Spirit is in control. But if I do that other stuff absent of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to fall short all the time. And power, trying to get power by, by human effort. So we say, oh, if I'm good or if I'm honest through my own self-determination, God going to be pleased. But, but, but relationship in the spirit will help us, all, help us understand that the Holy Spirit is the one that does the good work, not us. <laughs> that, that the Holy Spirit in us empowers us to do the good work for the sake of the kingdom. So whatever good work we do, it ain't because of you. It's because the Holy Spirit in you is making you to do the work that brings God glory. But if you try to do it in and of yourself, you're going to fall short every time. That's why Paul says, in my weakness, God's strength is perfected because when I want to do good, evil pops up on every hand. So even when I want to do good, I have a propensity to do bad. And if I'm trying to do that in and of myself, I'm going to wind up doing bad. But if I have the Holy Spirit in me that is controlling me, that even when I want to do bad, I wind up doing good because it ain't me, but it's the God in me. Am I making any sense? And, and then there is, there is, you know, uh, control. Religion by human effort, control. And let's be honest, we're control freaks. So we figure out, oh, if I could get self-motivated, if I could have self-control. Now, now, how many of us have tried to live a life for God by our own human willpower? How has that worked for you? I'll be honest, it ain't worked for me. I keep trying to tell you I'm on my million chance. It, it don't work for me. But when I let the Holy Spirit, the Jesus in me, the Christ in me, and I in Christ, then I have life in the Spirit. So it ain't, so, so it ain't, it ain't self-motivation 
ooh, 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 is Christ's motivation. Let me say it again. It ain't self-motivation, it's Christ's motivation. And let me drop this, this bombshell on you because when you're self-motivated, you can procrastinate, but when you're Christ-motivated, you ain't going to procrastinate. Because procrastination is basically the arrogance for you and I to think that God is supposed to give us another chance. When you and I procrastinate, I'll be honest, there have been times I procrastinated, that it is the arrogance in us to believe that God is supposed to give us another day to have the chance to do what we should be doing right now. God, I'm having fun teaching this thing. I'm, I'm, I'm getting hype off my own teaching. And, and, then, and then what happens is when you engage in religion by our own efforts versus life in the spirit, this is where guilt kicks in. This is where you become apathetic. This is where you can become depressed and fail and, and always seeking the approval of other folk. Or even watch this, seek the approval of God. But when you live life in the spirit, you are, there's a sense of joy. You're thankful. You operate in love. You're guided by the spirit. You don't, you don't mind serving. And you're able to have and demonstrate forgiveness. So, so, so the question is, so the question is that I want you to wrestle with, and I'm still on verse two. What I want you to wrestle with right now is, do I, want a do I want religion by my own effort or do I want relationship by life in the spirit? Because here is the, the, the bombshell I want to drop on you. If I'm living life in the spirit, obedience is not a problem. If I'm living life in the spirit, I'm going to please God because I'll do the things that God will have for me to do. If I'm living a life in the spirit, then I, 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 I can get to a place of discipline. And I'm no longer self-motivated. I'm Holy Spirit motivated. I'm Christ motivated. I'm God motivated. And, 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 and when I am moving in the spirit, uh, chronic guilt no longer controls my life. I'm not apathetic. Okay. Hopefully I'm making some sense. Hopefully I am making some sense. Let me, let me move on to verse three. Paul says, are you so foolish? Here you go with that word again. Are you so foolish? Have begun in the spirit. Are you now being made perfect in the flesh? You suffered many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain. Now, Let's let's unpack this in a very meaningful way. In other words, Paul is saying, Paul is saying in this third verse, are you so foolish? There we go again. Having begun in the spirit, you are now being made perfect or sanctified in the flesh. All right. Paul Ask if they could become so foolish to think that they could begin living for Jesus, starting out in faith, but now shifting to doing works. In other words, 
Am I going to be made sanctified? Starting off in the spirit. Starting off in the spirit, but then shifting to doing works. That is of the flesh. In other words, I start out here. But my spiritual maturity is going here, lower. Because guess what? I'm moving from spirit to flesh. In other words, I am being sanctified or made perfect or made mature. Because that word made perfect, it is not, it does not mean without mistake. It basically means becoming mature. That's what the word made perfect, becoming mature. Uh, write that in your notes. The word made perfect means becoming mature. It does not mean mistake proof or mistake free. It means becoming mature. Okay. That now I got to be made perfect by the flesh. What Paul is saying is that stop listening to the Judaizers who are telling you that in order for you to be saved, you got to be circumcised. Now, let me really drive this home for where we are today. Because what we got to understand is that receiving the Holy Spirit is a major result of you putting faith in Jesus Christ. And, and when we read in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, there are some results that come from the Spirit working in the lives of these new believers, speaking in unknown tongues, public praise to God, God changing their lives for the better, healing, uh, demons being cast out. In short, almost everything except for circumcision and Jewish food restrictions. Paul said, y'all are able to do all of that. You ain't got to be circumcised. You, you don't have to engage in Jewish food restrictions to speak in tongues and to give God praise and to have your life change and to be able to heal and cast out demons. All of that is because the Holy Spirit is what? In you. <laughs> All of that is because the Holy Spirit is in you. And then Paul said, and now... Y'all are trying to get this by going and having circumcision or engaging in not eating certain foods. Now, 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 now in today's culture, we, we do some of the same things, but I'm getting ready to really drop a major bombshell that I pray will free a whole lot of folks that's listening to me right now. Okay. I, I pray to God that if you don't get nothing else, you get what I'm getting ready to say right now. I, I pray to God that you get this. Because the Holy Spirit can make a change just like that. Just like that. I mean, you get saved, you know. And, 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 and though for, for, for quite a few folks, the change is immediate when the Holy Spirit comes. But the most lasting changes are subtle. It takes time. <laughs> oh, God. 
uh, uh, that, that when you have the Holy Spirit, you, you move to a place of forgiveness and being able to forgive. And when you have the Holy Spirit, you take on the wonder and blissfulness of eternal life. That when you when you're in the Holy Spirit, that 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 fear is ended, and you have these now major, profound feelings of God's majesty and joy. Because here's really what I want to drop on you: the Holy Spirit is not concerned about your temporary feelings more so than the Holy Spirit is about you having a significant life change. Oh, I'm getting ready to drop some stuff on y'all. Let me say that again. So what you speak in tongues, it's a gift. So what you're able to heal, it's a gift. But if I'm able to heal and if I'm able to speak in tongues, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14, if I'm able to do all that and I don't have love, I'm like sounding brass and tingling cymbals. So what you come to church, but if you cuss the folks out on the parking lot, something ain't right. Because Paul is saying, you start off by believing who God is through Jesus Christ because of the Holy Spirit. But now you're trying to stay right with God through human effort by circumcision and your dietary laws. And, 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 and this is really what Paul is, is, is driving home. Because there, there are two ways for us to falsely understand our relationship with God. To believe that you and I can be saved by our works. <laughs> And to believe that you and I can grow by our works. I think I just said something major. To believe that you and I are saved by our works. And to believe that you and I can grow by our works. Let me say that one more time for the Holy Ghost. To believe that you and I are saved by our works. And to believe that we can grow by our works. You know what that's like? That is like. That's like you getting on an airplane. That's like you sitting in an airplane. Okay? You, you, you got your ticket. You're sitting on the airplane. You got a pilot and a co-pilot. You're sitting on the airplane. You have entrusted your life to that pilot and that co-pilot. You have entrusted your life to that aircraft. But you're sitting on the airplane doing like this. To help the plane stay in the air. That's what living for God is like. That when you try to use your own human effort, God already got you, but you on the airplane looking like a fool, doing like this, thinking that your flapping of the arms in the air is keeping the plane in the air. <laughs> That's how so many of us think that a walk with God looks. Oh, let me get, go, go ahead and get through this thing. Have you, have you uh, suffered many things in vain? This, this, this is Paul talking about the fact that many Christians suffered, particularly in the area of Galatia, 
Paul and Barnabas suffered. Uh, remember, Paul was thrown in jail. Uh, Paul was stoned, left for dead. <laughs> um, uh, the Jews ran him out of town in Iconium. In Antioch, uh, they dogged Paul and, and Barnabas out and caused them to be expelled from the region. So Paul knew about suffering. And what Paul is saying is, you know, if you're going to do this stuff by works, your, your, your suffering is in vain. The Holy Spirit empowers you and me to live for God in ways that folks who don't have the Spirit can't understand. All right? That God is doing, that, that God empowers us. Watch this. That when suffering come our way, and it will come, that God empowers us that if God doesn't remove the suffering, God takes us through the suffering. All right. Now, let, let me qualify this because it's some stuff we bring on ourselves. OK. All right. You know, so, some stuff ain't ain't redemptive. <laughs> you know, if you eat, drink, smoke and you wind up catching cancer and look, no, don't be talking about I'm suffering for the sake of right now. You suffering because you ate, drank and smoked. Okay. They ain't got nothing, ain't nothing redemptive about that. But if you're suffering because you're trying to love and share the gospel and bring people to the saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and folks dog you out and persecute you, that's the suffering we're talking about. That's the suffering we're talking about. All right. Your, your cross ain't because you brought something on yourself. Your cross is because you've accepted this challenge by God to live for God. And there are some things that just happen to come your way. Let me move on. Let me get through this thing because my time is winding up. Verse five, therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and work miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Paul wants us to understand that whatever miracles have been performed ain't because of human endeavor. It is because of the supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit. All I'm trying to let you know is that whatever miracles you are able to work, whatever wonderful things happen in your life, it ain't because of your effort. It is because of the Holy Spirit that is able to do the miraculous among you. Please, ma'am, please, sir, understand that whatever miracles take place as far as your life is concerned, it is not because of human effort. It is because of the person and the power and the passion and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that works miracles. It is the Holy Spirit that works wonders. All right. While God still works miracles, we are not to stop our service and efforts and wait for a miracle. You do what you're supposed to do and you let God do the rest. Let me say it again. You do what you're supposed to do and you let God do the rest. All right. Now let me let, let, let me talk about Father Abraham. We're going to call it a day. So therefore, he who supplies spirit to you works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Verse six, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Let me put a kickstand down. Because now we're talking about 
Father Abraham. And we got to understand that the three major monotheistic religions in the world trace their roots back to Abraham. All right. The three monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam trace their roots back to Abraham. Christianity and Islam, I mean, Christianity and Judaism trace our roots back to Abraham through the tree of Isaac or the branch of Isaac. Islam traced their roots back to Abraham through the branch of Ishmael, the son that Abraham had with Hagar. Y'all with me so far? All right, let's walk this down. So when we look at, at, at this, I'm talking about now, Abraham, that is the father of the three major monotheistic religions. And for Jews, there is no one more important in their history and heritage than Abraham. Not even Moses. Okay? Not even Moses. Now, let me slow walk this because I want you all to get what I'm getting ready to drop on you. The Judaizers were the ones that introduced Abraham as far as the conversation is concerned. They're going back to the Old Testament, you know, because they talk about the Mosaic law. And so Paul picks up that conversation. Paul said, all right, let's talk about Abraham. That the only way that Abraham was made right was because he believed God. And because he believed God, he walked by faith. All right. Abraham was made right, not because of anything that he had done, but because he believed God. He trust God. He had faith in God. And so because he trusts God and had faith in God, boom, he was made right with God. Okay. Therefore, the revelation of God's grace came before Abraham's specific act of obedience and circumcision. Ooh, boom! In other words, Abraham was made right with God before he, he was ever circumcised. Let me say that again. A Abraham was made right with God even before he was circumcised. All right? In the, in the same way you and I claim Jesus' death as God's provision for our salvation, Abraham believed in God and the promises of God, although they did not come to pass until centuries later on the cross. That's the heart of our Christian faith, y'all. God promised to save us when we in Christ and take him at his word just as Abraham did. But you and I know a whole lot more than Abraham ever did know. So you and I, guess what? Have no excuse for our unbelief. Here's what I want to drop on you. Abraham had so much faith in God's ability to perform what God said he was going to do, even though Abraham did not see it fully come to pass, 
He was justified by faith in God before he was ever, ever circumcised. So if Abraham was justified by faith, then how can these false teachers, these Judaizers insist that you had to be circumcised in order to be accepted by God. So, so, so Paul is blowing a major hole in their argument. Let's look at verse seven through verse nine. I, I got to wrap up because I can stay here. Right, I, I, I can stay here right now. Verse seven. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith of faith are the sons, and let me include daughters of Abraham. That's relatively inclusive, even though it's not in the New King James Version of text, but really this is uh, uh, inclusive. And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you all nations shall be blessed. So, so, so he, here is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, that the real descendants of Abraham, it has nothing to do with your circumcision or your national heritage or being a Jew. It is you believing in God through Jesus Christ. You become the children of Abraham. Just as Abraham was saved by his faith, you and I are saved by our faith. Okay. All right. Here is what this is really like. Um, any of you ever got, um, in, in the mail, um, I, I get them all the time and, and I shred them up pre-approved credit card, immediate acceptance. All you got to do is either go online, fill it out. Boom, you got a credit card. You know, any of you all receive those pre-approved credit cards in the mail? Here, 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 here is what someone is assuming when they send you that. <laughs> someone is under the assumption that you're so trustworthy to pay your bills, they extend credit to you. Y'all got that? Now let me show you what God does by us accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is God giving us credit based on Jesus's righteousness. In other words, it ain't our credit, but it's credit to our account. Jesus pays the bill. In other words, God imputes Jesus righteousness on us when we are saved or puts Jesus righteousness on us when we are saved. And if it wasn't for Jesus righteousness being placed on us, being justified by faith, our faith would need to be enough to save us because, because, because we're, we're, we're weak and we're small. But it's Jesus Christ's perfect faith by him dying on the cross that saves us, not our faith in and of our sake. So here's the shout of the day. God bases his credit rating on Jesus, not on you and me. Because God knows we will default. I'm teaching and preaching better than y'all saying amen. Let me, let me get out of here. Verse 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel of Abraham saying, in you all nations will be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Let me wrap this up. This is really what, 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 what Paul is saying. 
Paul is saying, Gentiles, you don't have to be circumcised in order to become a descendant of Abraham. That there is a universal aspect of trusting God by placing your confidence in the righteousness of Jesus Christ that makes you a descendant spiritually of Abraham. And so you and I, even in 2022, we are descendants of Abraham because we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That we're descendants of Abraham because we said yes to Jesus a long time ago or last Sunday, whatever. We are descendants of Abraham and it is because Jesus is a descendant of Abraham as well that when you and I trust in God, we trace our spiritual lineage back to Father Abraham. So all I'm saying is that you and I are justified by faith, not of our works, not by church attendance, not by giving tithes and offerings, not by working in the ministry, not by doing mission work, not by evangelizing. You and I are made right with God by our faith. And because we're made right with God by our faith, we then do all that other stuff because what? The spirit is working in us. Woo! I felt like I preached a sermon today. This thing was so good. I'm done. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Uh, uh, any, 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 any questions? Any questions? If so, would you put them in the chat? Any questions that anyone has before uh, I close out uh, this time of teaching? Any questions before I close out this time of teaching? Any questions before I close out this time of teaching? Any questions? Any questions? I want to make sure y'all are good. Any questions before I close out this time of teaching? If not, um, I want to uh, invite you uh, that if you so desire to give, uh, you don't give to get saved. You do it because you know who Jesus Christ is and the pardon of your sin, and you do it because you're prompted by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I invite you to give, and there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul, even in Bible study. You can give uh, here at St. Paul. You can give either by mailing a check of money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can drop off cash, check of money order at the church. Call the church office, 704-334-5309. Make sure someone is here to receive your offering, and we'll make sure it's part of the following Sunday's count. You can also give through ACS or Church Life. Those are, uh, that's through our website, or you can give through the app called Givelify. And so however you decide to give or however you desire to give, uh, you're sowing in the great ground. Uh, uh, you are a blessing to us, uh, just as we want to be a blessing to you. And um, God rewards faithfulness. God rewards faithfulness. Next time we come together, we're going to pick up on verse 10, which will be next Thursday. We'll pick up on verse 10 and we'll continue to work through Galatians, uh, this wonderful writing. I pray that the Lord will bless you and, and, and keep you in God's wonderful care 
Until next time, and we look forward to you joining us either uh, in person on Sunday or virtually. And let me just remind us that we are open. St. Paul is open. We're having in-person worship. So if you want to come, register, or when you get to church, you can fill out the form so we can do contact tracing if you're going to come. We are having in-person worship. And also just want want you to understand that uh, the second Sunday in March, if things continue to trend the way they are, uh, we're going to be opening back up our Youth and Children Church under the leadership of Reverend Peyton C. And so uh, that will be a wonderful time uh, for you to bring your children so that they can have in-person worship as well. But listen, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to call either um, your children or grandchildren this week. Ask them how you can pray for them. Ask them how you can pray for them. And then do that prayer for them. And, uh, and, and watch some things change as far as your life and their life are concerned. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. And God be gracious unto you.